everybody, and welcome to the DarkCast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 136. Now, you may notice that it has been quite a while since we've had a podcast. If you want to find out why, you can check out DarkCast number 214 for all the details there. Anyway, in this episode, I've got a really special set of interviews for you with Jason Vandenberg, and Roman Campos Orla of For Honor, uh, the new Ubisoft hack and slash game that is due out in February 2017. Uh, I actually got to go out and get some hands on time with the game and obviously sit down and talk with these two gentlemen. Uh, now, the interview was done at a pretty busy event, so the quality is not the best. I do apologize for that, but I think you'll enjoy it anyway. So, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. Um, all right, well, let's just jump into this. Jason, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me. Um, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what your role is with uh, For Honor? Um, so I'm the creative director uh, on For Honor, and the, the concept is one that I had been pitching for... Ten years prior to getting the go on this one, this game is my uh, my uh, my bucket list item. <laughs> uh, this is a game I've been wanting to make for about fifteen years, and here we are. Um, so, uh, I, I, so that's what I do. That's, that's the thing. Uh, so, um, uh, I, I had to I had taken a course in uh, in German longsword years ago, huh. and uh, the 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 basic controller. Configuration, the basic control scheme that you're playing here, came from thinking about that system and then applying that idea to the right stick and to motion. Um, and so when I when I tried to pitch it for ten years, I got no, 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 and then eventually got a yes. And five years after that, we were making a game. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, the end of a end of an odyssey, man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft is very well known for the series that they make. You know, you've got Assassin's Creed and. Tom Clancy titles and stuff like that. This is obviously a very new thing, and you've been pitching it for a while. What made now the right time for For Honor to <clears throat> come out and be in the world? Well, ultimately, I mean, for me, the answer was because they said yes. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I think the, the reason that, that I think I got the yes um, is a couple of different things. One is um, the, I understand better why this kind of game had never been made before, why this specific game had never been made before, um, now that we've made it, uh, there are quite a few miraculous technologies that were required uh, to make this game possible. Um, not only in you know, game design and sort of the core, the core systems, but the animation system is a is a totally new approach um, to using motion capture um, uh, and, and gameplay is making it gameplay compatible. We have an entirely new um, way to do peer to peer networking, right? Um, that is is uh, fair and fast. And Let's us do all of the um, have all of those uh, uh, AIs on the screen that in the game in the match at the same time as your four v four players, um, and, and the list just goes on and on and on. So I think we, we needed the tech to reach a certain level, right? um, and then um, the other thing is is remember when I started pitching this game, it was like it was before Lord of the Rings, right? Like, like it, was, it was a different time. Uh, we, we've uh, we've come a long way, right? Yeah. The, 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 the 
this generation of gamers is growing up in, and not not knowing that this whole topic, you know, uh, at one time was was uh, you know, sort of forbidden. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're in a different we're in a different age, and I think it's it's uh, we're in a role. I think it's exciting too because it's it's so new, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a new way to to do melee. But for me, I think the reason that people have been responding to it so well is because it's it feels true, right? I think that the the, the, the the truth of melee combat is probably welcome in any age. We just haven't had the right tech and the right things for it. Very nice. Now, for somebody that doesn't know uh, what For Honor is, can you kind of give us the basis of what's going on in this world? Why are samurai, Vikings, and knights duking yeah. it out? So um, you can think of it. It's this world is in this world. Um, uh, imagine. A thousand years ago, we had um, we had these each of these civilizations, different parts of the world, had reached a, a sort of an apex, a high spot. They were, they were very, very successful, um, uh, and then something really bad happened. The world sort of uh, fell apart. Volcanoes and earthquakes and seas change and acid rain. And, you know, it was a disaster. And this resets um, the board in a lot of ways. It triggers a bunch of migrations. The 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 the, the story of For Honor is focused in a particular part of this world that the knights call Asheville, um, that the Vikings call Valkenheim. Um, and is there any part of the real world where you kind of imagine this taking place, or is it? Is everything changed so much from all the volcanoes that it yeah, has no... It's not, I mean, I think of our world as being inspired by um, the real world. Okay. It's, not a, it's not an analog, exactly, gotcha. right? Um, um, uh, but it's, you know, it's it's night land. It's night territory, right? This place is night territory, and so it's it's uh, it's it's not untrue to think of it as kind of a Europe analog, right? In some ways, um, but it also has a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, the Western United States in it, and, uh, okay. you know, sort of unique stuff. Um, uh, so. So the knights are kind of the, the home team. The Vikings, uh, uh, long ago, before the Cataclysm, the Vikings had spread and explored and become this massive seafaring race, right? And um, But during the Cataclysm, the Vikings in this region had been wiped out completely. And so the knights had taken over and sort of claimed that space. Um, but they had retreated into their sanctuaries and left these um, uh, wastelands behind, the places where the... Where the where nature couldn't grow anyways. And then the samurai had, had maybe the, the worst time of it. Uh, their homeland is in, was in um, deep peril <laughs> uh, and from multiple fronts. And their emperor sends out um, samurai uh, envoys to go and find explorers, to go and find a new land. They begin an exodus. And when they find this part of the world, they say, hey, this is it. This is great. We can live in the spaces between the night territories. We can live in these wastelands that the knights have abandoned um, because they're beginning to come back now. So they send word back to, to, um, to, the, to the emperor, to the homeland, and those, those messengers never return, and they never hear from their people again. So the people who, the samurai who live here in this part of the world, um, believe that they are probably the last of their kind, and they are deeply outnumbered in, uh, you know, in enemy territory, uh, and they mean to make a stand and uh, to, to survive. So, so fast forward a few hundred years, these these people. Oh, and then, and then during the during the several hundred years after the cataclysm, the Vikings returned from across the ocean and um, to reclaim what they consider to be their ancestral territory. Right? It's like they are this place was originally Viking lands, and now they've come back to say, "Hey, this was ours." So the knights feel like they're the home team because they were here 
you know, for a long, long time. The Vikings say, no, no, we were originally here, right? And the samurai say, well, we don't have a place to go back to, and you left, you abandoned this part, so we're staying. Um, so the board has been reset in that way, uh, and now we're starting to bump up against each other. Very cool. So the story campaign, you get to play as all three. Does each have its own individual campaign, or is there one kind of long campaign where you're it's, jumping back and forth? It's one story. It's played as three chapters, knights, then vikings, then samurai. Um, so you focus on the, the, the specific tale of each uh, faction, uh, and you play as... Um, as, a, as one main, you play, you play as as, a, as the warden in the night campaign, as the raider. Um, these characters, the raider um, in the Viking campaign, Roaching the Samurai campaign, and then you play as certain um, uh, cameo characters, and there's other characters in, the, in that world, um, each of which are a different uh, hero archetype, right? Mm-hmm. You play as um, those from time to time uh, in the campaign as well. So um, you, you're playing one long tale. The tale of the campaign is uh, focuses on our villain. Polyon, who is the leader of this splinter group of knights called the Blackstone Legion. Um, Apollyon believes that, um, she believes in um, the natural order of predator and prey, and she believes that humans um, are divided into wolves and sheep, and we have a, a, a moral obligation to um, let the wolves do their thing. Um, and so, regardless of which faction we are in, she wants to set the wolves free and set the world to war, which she thinks is the natural state of our species. So she's a visionary. Um, <laughs> uh, and this tale is the tale of, of uh, her war and the way that uh, what happens with that. Now, you mentioned that Apollyon is a, is a she, and while I was playing the game, I noticed that several of the... Um, different classes are female and I feel like or I don't feel like it's a widely known thing that women aren't represented in video games as much and like a game that seems like it's dripping testosterone like it, it seems really awesome that you know you have both genders in there was that something that you really fought for like what what was the mindset behind like, oh, trying to get I, I, from the very beginning I've always said that this game is about this game is about you this game is about you finding yourself in the world of you know knights, Vikings, and samurai, regardless of what version of you you want to play, right? Um, so, so offering the player the full spectrum of choices from was was from day one. Um, uh, I thought I think kind of crucial to what what me and the team wanted to do with it. Um, you have. You have gender. You have gender choices for for the few characters that have skin color, uh, which when you carry when you have this much armor on is mostly Vikings. Um, but uh, you can change their skin color as well, so okay. you can you can uh, have full control over that. Um, uh, so as much as possible, we wanted to to give you an opportunity to to, to play the version of the, of your warrior. Um, it's always been always been at the heart of what we were trying to do. How does how does the title? play into the game, if you can talk about that without any spoilers. Um, um, so, the, it, it isn't a spoiler to say that, because I mean, the very, in the very first mission you play as the Warden, and you've drawn into the Blackstone Legion, if you've played the first mission, but in the, in the very first part of the game, you encounter a, a Blackstone Legionnaire named Holden Cross, who is who basically recruits you. Um, and so you, you join this this um, faction, not really understanding that you're working for the bad guy, um, that becomes 
clear pretty quickly. Um, uh, but by then, you already have you've taken oaths, you are working for this person, and you're a knight, right? You're a warden, you're bound um, by this person, and the Vikings are your enemies, the samurais are your enemies, so what do you do? Is it honorable to follow a leader of questionable moral fiber, right, mm -hmm. into a battle that is unjust, but if you're following orders, does that make it okay? Um, so, from the very beginning, the question of what does honor mean these characters is at the center of the tale, and that's true for each, uh, all three of the characters, um, address different characters in different versions of what that honor might be, because of course, honor to a knight, honor to a viking, honor to a samurai, very different things, mm -hmm. um, but but that, that, that core idea of what would you, why would you fight, what would it take to get you to fight, and what would it take to get you to put down your weapon and stop, is at the heart of the tale. Okay. Uh, do you have a favorite faction? Oh, I'm a knight. I learned. Okay. I learned uh, uh, when I announced the game. I learned that I look like a Viking. <laughs> Who knew? Um, you know, I suppose I could have probably figured that one out if I had taken thought about it. Um, but I've sort of learned to say, I'm not on the inside, Viking on the outside. I, you know, the the the. The faction value, like I think that people who pick knights um, believe in protecting the weak, the defenseless, right? And that's just that's always been at the heart of the warrior fantasy for me is mm -hmm. is standing up for those that can stand up for themselves. Right? Sure. Um, so you know, it's maybe a little arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, that is a fair criticism to lay at the the feet of any knight. Um, uh, but you know, also nice to have a defender when you need one. Sure. Uh, favorite class? I play the warden. Okay. I played the warden. Um, I, I mentioned that this game, the idea for this game came when I took a course in German longsword. Mm -hmm. That longsword style is has been and probably always will be my favorite. Uh, this game was, in some ways, a big excuse for me to be able to play that character, <laughs> right? Um, and uh, we have Jennifer Hale voicing the female version. I thought, okay, and I thought I heard her voice. That, so that's who I play. That's um, good to go. I mean, Liam O'Brien is the male granny. He's amazing as well. Oh, uh, War from Darksiders. There we go. Awesome. Also Those amazing. Are two great choices oh, for warriors. We've got Travis Willingham is our is our Viking male, uh, who is the. I don't know if you read, if you ever if you watch it, critical role, um, the 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 D and D uh, the role playing uh, uh, YouTube. Anyway, amazing. Sir um, Al is our Viking female. We have an amazing video cast. They're really strong. That was fantastic. Um, I feel like I had another question, and I don't remember what it is. Oh, no. What am I? Oh, Viking, all the way. Vikings. I mean, if there were ninjas instead of samurai, probably go with ninja. But I'm actually, I'm very torn because, from what I've played, actually, I enjoy the Peacekeeper the most. Um, but she doesn't look like a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> you can try the Berserker. The Berserker is the... Is the so, the, I think the thing about the Peacekeeper that just puts them over the edge is I was running up on a soldier in a Dominion match, and you do this very, like, Assassin's Creedy like, stab and roll over them, and I just started, like, hacking all these other... I'm like, okay, you're my favorite now. It's <laughs> sweet. That's it. So, I, you know, sometimes you fall in love with something outside your faction, and, you know, that's okay. Sorry. So I mean, I'll, I'll fight for the Vikings. Yeah, that's it. You can right. you can join the Vikings in the, war, in the faction war, and then you can play as any character you like. 
All right. Well, um, if you could just remind us when uh, the next milestones for the game are, the, the beta and release date. So we are coming out on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day, 2017. So which right, is, we had Deadpool this past year. Right. We got this year we got Honor. we got Four Honor. Right. And it's we're great. We got, we got co-op for you. So it is <laughs> the perfect date game. And there's, it's uh, split screen co-op. Uh, not split screen. Or just no split screen. No, not, okay. no split screen. Um, uh, but we have. I mean, you can play the full campaign. You play every part of the game. Uh, okay. Uh, um, uh, and uh, we haven't announced uh, our, our dates for any upcoming live um, periods yet, but okay. we're, our, we're, our betas are going to be coming up. So, so stay, people just need tuned. To stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Sign up on the website. And, you know, we're going to start dumping that information out there. As quickly as awesome. We can. All right, well, Jason, thank you so much, yes, and um, have fun with the rest of the event. Thank you very much. Glad you enjoyed it. Yay. And, and what do you do on For Honor? So, I'm Roman Camposola, I'm game director on For Honor. My role is I'm uh, in charge of everything that is gameplay in For Honor. So, I'm in between the creative director, production, the design team, the level design team, etc., to make sure that everything that is content uh, related. It's uh, is cohesive for the vision of Jason, for my vision in terms of uh, input and gameplay strategy and level design and stuff. Very cool. Now, I feel like the most important question I have is, considering you have such an important role and your name is Roman, why are there no Romans in this game? Seems like an obvious, like, homage to the man. Centurions, That's like... a good point. We never <laughs> thought about this one. I wonder why there's no Romans. Um, so, for anybody that doesn't know, can you give just like a brief rundown of what For Honor is? So, For Honor at the core is a game about melee fighting. If you have a sword fantasy, warhammer fantasy, whatever, fighting fantasy, that game is for you. It's multiplayer, it's team based, it's PvP, that's the, the core of it. And then there's all those other modes, whether it's the faction war, where you fight, whether you're a knight, viking, or a samurai, you fight for your faction to, uh, to conquer the world. And there's also a story mode where we explain and expose the backstory behind the, that war and why those three factions came to fight to each other. Okay, very cool. Now, um, the war faction, or is it war faction or faction wars? Faction Wars. That was one of the things that was announced today, and it sounds really cool. You've got a, you know, a map that everybody's kind of being a part of. Um, how, how does that work for the player? Like, what are, what are their actions doing? How, how are they um, adding to or subtracting from that larger effort? So, as a player, the first thing that you do when you start the game is that you get to choose a faction and customize your, uh, your emblem. And that faction applies to the faction war, meaning that every time you fight, every time you win or lose a match, 
that will have an impact on the world map. How does that work? The world map is composed of territory, and each territory are either owned by the Nile, the Viking, or the Samurai, and that's where they collide, that's where we create a front line, and that's where the game modes are, are placed. So when you're going to fight duels, you're going to fight in a specific region of the world. When you're going to fight uh, dominions, you're going to fight in another region of the world. And it's, we wanted to translate that from the world view to the in-game view, because each map based on this location is going to change. If you're playing in Citadel Gates and Citadel Gates now happens to be in Valkenheim because that's where the front line is, it's going to be snowy, backdrops are going to be mountains, there's going to be Viking props in the map, the trees are going to be uh, uh, Nordic trees and stuff. Now if you're fighting against Samurai, let's say, in the Mire, in the Swampy Quatorial uh, area, and no Citadel Gates is also present there, no, maybe it's going to be a foggy day, we're going to replace all the trees with uh, swamp trees, the backdrop is not going to be any more mountain, it's going to be trees and swamp uh, around you, except we wanted really to anchor the maps inside the, that world. And then, if you win a match, you get war, what we call war sets. So basically, it's your faction war currency. And you get to choose on what territory you want to put those war assets. If you want to defend the territory, so you put war assets on territory that you control, that's your faction control, or if you want to attack territory, you get to put them into territories that are on the front line where your faction is, uh, is attacking. And we have that round system that lasts six hours. So every six hours, the world map updates, and the faction that has the more war assets on each territory get to control those territory. And that's how we build the score in front of And every two weeks, we look at what is the faction that is controlling most of the territories, and they win that, uh, that two weeks uh, that two weeks run. And that is the case during three months. And at the end of, of the three months, we looked at the factions that won most rounds, and they won that season metagame, and they get specific reward, and they get left uh, print on the, on the world. Very cool. Now, uh, it was also mentioned that uh, kind of your actions are going to impact the, the map, like, yes. permanently. Yes. Um, but it was also mentioned that at the end of kind of the, the season, what, the, the 10 weeks, uh, is, that, is that a season? Yes. Um, that's, that everything would kind of be reset to their default regions, like uh, so everyone would have at, equal? At the end of each round, every mm -hmm. two weeks, we reset, we reset the map okay. and, we score, and we take the score. At the end of the season, that's the moment where we will make some change on the world map okay. to reflect who has been, who has won that season, okay. and what's going to be no, where, what's going to be the starting position, what's going to be the impact on the maps, what's going to be the impact on the new content that we're going to add to the game, etc. That's where we update it. Okay, gotcha. Um, now, just out of curiosity, if I am playing the game and I foolishly decide to be a knight at the beginning yes. um, because you know, Vikings are way cooler, <laughs> and the knights are losing, and I want to switch sides, can I do that? So, or is that a, a permanent? There's two things on your faction choice. First, yes, you can you can switch, but if you switch, you lose all the benefits of the current season. Okay. So, no problem, you can switch. You just can't switch to get the cool thing at the end. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> to prevent... So, oh, okay, they are winning, everybody switch to them and they are So if you want to switch, it's probably better to do it in the yeah, off-season time. Exactly. That's gotcha. the moment where you need to think, okay, who I want to, uh, to fight for. But also, one important thing is that that faction choice does not limit the characters that you can play in-game. Okay. You can 
fight for the knights, but still use Vikings or samurai in game. Why? Because we wanted the faction war to really be inclusive, and we wanted everybody to be able to play the faction war, and most importantly, we wanted all of your multiplayer interaction to actually fit the faction war. We wanted it to be as big as possible. That's why it's cross-platform, the faction war. That's why PC, Xbox One, and PS4 player contribute to the same warm-up because we really wanted that to be inclusive. And at first, you know, in early product uh, of the faction war, your, fa your faction <laughs> choice was, uh, was limiting you in, in terms of what character you could play. And we eventually figure that, yeah, but is it cool? Like, I make that choice and now I get to use only a third of the game. Yeah, what's, as a player, what is my real benefit? Yeah, I get a little bit more fantasy, I guess. But if I'm interested in the fantasy, I can, if I want, restrain myself to only play those characters or not. So that's why we removed this kind of wall because we really wanted it to be. Right, but if somebody wanted to you know, be a, a samurai and only play a samurai, that would exactly. their choice. No problem, because also what's important, uh, it's each of your character has his own progression. His okay. own level. So the more you play a character, the more his, leveling, his level is going to increase. You're going to unlock new feats, which are the powers of your character. You're going to get new gear through loot, etc. So also your level limits the maximum level of gears that you can have in order to uh, have a barrier in terms of playtime and have you buy the coolest gear up front, etc. So you need to invest into your character. So if you're deeply into samurai fantasy style and you uh, decide to fight for the for the samurai. Chances are that you're gonna invest more time in samurai character, and your samurai character will be higher level, etc. But maybe one day you're gonna find a really cool Viking that you wanna play, and you're gonna play that really cool Viking. But still, uh, in my heart, I'm a samurai, so I'm fighting for them. Very cool. Um, now we also got to see a new game mode today, uh, Elimination. Uh, can you kind of give us the rundown on what? Yeah, so elimination is, uh, is more a deathmatch type of mode. The goal of the mode is to eliminate the enemy team. So it's four player against four player. Each player has one life. And when one team is done, the opposing team wins the round. In order to win the game, you need to win three rounds. Okay. But uh, when you die, you can actually be resurrected. Yes. So right? actually, when you, when you get killed, any teammate can come and revive you. That takes a little bit of time, you can be interrupted, etc. But so, that creates a strategy inside the game of what do you do when a fallen teammate goes down? Do you try to go to revive him? Or if you kill somebody, do you camp around his body to make sure that the enemies won't come to revive him? But that means that then there is one less person to fight, etc. But also during the fight, if you finish your opponent with a heavy attack, with an attack coming from the trigger, you can trigger then an execution move. Kind of stuff. And when you execute your opponent, you can't be revived. Okay. Same thing goes with the environmental kills. If you successfully manage to throw your opponent out of the cliff or impale them in spikes and this kind of stuff, same thing. That counts as an execution and you can't be revived. Okay. So what is interesting is that toward the end of a duel, of the end of the fight, when you start to see the opponent's life or when there is an environment around you, etc., that slightly changed the mind game because now I know that you're gonna go and try to do an heavy attack. So I'm preparing against that, unless against guard breaks and stuff. Or if there's spikes behind me, mm, chances are you're gonna try to go for a guard break and a throw. So I'm getting ready to technical and this kind of stuff. Nice. Um, so we also got to see several new characters today. 
um, with the Shigoki, uh, Peacekeeper, and uh, the Warlord. Right. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, specifically how those differ from the similar classes of the other? So you know, the Warlord versus the, the Conqueror, or the yeah, uh, Peacekeeper versus Berserker. Basically, high level for now, each of the heroes have a class. It's either Vanguard, Heavy, or Assassins. But they also actually have a lot of different playstyles, whether they are harassers, counter-attackers, uh, burst damage, sustain damage, all those kind of, uh, of different elements. So, what it does is, it is important, based on your weapon, to weapon to dictate your part style. What are your tools to actually open and defeat your opponent? Because eventually the goal is to kill the enemy, it's not to soak damage indefinitely, or this kind of stuff. And that's where the class comes in. If you're more heavy, that means that you're going to use defensive tools to kill your opponent, to open your opponent. Like let's say the Warlord, which is a counter-attacker, a type of character. When he attacks, he uses shield to be protected during the build-up of his attack. So basically, if I see you attacking me, I will attack at the same time, and I'm going to block your attack and strike you. So I'm counter-attacking using a defensive tool. Whereas if I'm playing a Peacekeeper, which is a more agile character, She's really good at dodging. So same thing, she's a counter-attacker, agile, so when you attack, you're gonna dodge, counter-attack with you. So in both cases, I'm killing you, in both cases, I'm counter-attacking, but I'm using a different tool, whether it's more agile offensive tool or a more defensive tool, but to the reach the same end. And then the difference inside those, uh, those classes is the same thing as, for example, the, the Conqueror, Conqueror didn't have that many counter-attacking tools. Yes, he's good at defending, but when he successfully defends, he's not that good at counter-attacking because the Conqueror is a heavy eater. He has that massive flame that you need to charge. Wow! That's a big, uh, big, big hit. So he's a heavy character, but with heavy uh, burst damage. Whereas, I was, as I was saying, the Warlord, same thing, he's good at defending because he's a heavy, but he's a counter-attacker, and so he will use this tool to deal damage. So does the Warlord lose some um, defending ability because he also has a little bit of offense, you know, that offensive edge to the defense no, it's, versus it's, the it's that, that was That's what I was saying. It's the idea of uh, uh, the goal of each character is actually to kill. Right. And so it's you always have offensive tool. Okay. It just depends what is the what is the what's the starter. Okay. Where where are you gonna what what tool in your tool set are you gonna use to start dealing damage and open your opponent or take the advantage and next stuff. And the the conqueror it's really I'm gonna take a little bit distance. I'm gonna push you to to make you stumble. I'm gonna be an aggressive tank and then deal that massive damage with a with a heavy attack. Whereas the Warlord, I'm gonna wait a little bit more for you to actually attack, then block you, and then start to counter and enter because he's really good at harassing the Warlord. He has some really short combos mm -hmm. that he can land as soon as he successfully bump you or what, that kind of stuff. And so that's the difference between the playstyle. The Conqueror is doing more damage on each attack, mm -hmm. but he needs to be able to land these attacks, whereas the Conqueror is doing less damage on each attack, but he's really good at counter attacking. Cool. Do you have a particular favorite faction? Do you have a particular favorite faction? I really, really like the Vikings and the Samurai. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you have a favorite um, character to play as so far? Yes. I really, personally, I really like the Berserker. Okay. I really like the, his playstyle with the two axes, and I really like his infinite chains, where you can just, uh, by uh, going light, heavy, light, heavy, you can indefinitely chain, as long as you may successfully hit the character style. I really like the, the mindset of the, the playstyle of the Berserker. Nice. Now, is there any sort of integrity issues with the fact that we have a knight assassin, which is kind of like a Templar assassin? Like that seems like that might not work well in the Ubisoft universe. Is that character is the peacekeeper conflicted? <laughs> you don't have a Ubisoft universe. <laughs> um, all right, let's see. I, I'm trying to think of any other questions that I have. Um, obviously, Vikings are the best. I think we can all agree on that because yes. Vikings. Um, <laughs> Vikings. <laughs> Uh, is there is there a uh, emote for the game where a Viking just pulls out like a big thing of mead and just guzzles it down in victory? There is or actually each characters like each characters <laughs> that's we have the customization element of the character which are the emotes. Each character comes with a set of emotes, but then as plenty of other emotes specific to that character, some goofy, some more badass, etc. That you can unlock as you play mm -hmm. and, uh, and buy. So some are really Vikings. Okay, so may or may not be me. Awesome. All right, well, I think that does it. Thank you so much, Roman. Thank you very and, much for your time. Uh, enjoying the game. Look cool. forward to uh, what the closed beta is coming out in January. That's right. Yeah. Very so cool. See you and in the then, absolutely. <laughs>